Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating the heavens and the earth for us. Thank you for providing your holy word. Through that word, God, we can learn more about you and apply that knowledge to our life. Lord, during the next few minutes, I pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds as we look into the book of Genesis. For it is in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. I'm Bill Neenhouse. I'm president of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry based in Bellingham, Washington. We're dedicated to delivering the gospel of Jesus to children around the globe. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. It's a privilege to have you join me today. Well, last week I was thrilled to start a series looking at the book of Genesis, and we're going to pick back up on that today. But first, let's recap some of what we learned last week. We discussed in Genesis 1 verse 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That verse tells us God was in existence before the world began. When there was nothing, there was God. He was ready to work. He was going back and forth over the darkness. He was ready to create. We talked about the verse being the very beginning of creation and that God was the one doing the creating. He created the world out of absolutely nothing. We spoke about the fact that Jesus was with God when he created the world, and we read about that in John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John identifies the Word as being Jesus. We know that Jesus and God were together when the world was created. I also talked about how the Bible isn't a volume of disconnected books, chapters, and verses. It's one large story. In the beginning, God is creating the world. And in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the 24 elders laid down their crowns before the throne and gave God glory, thanking Him for creating the world and all the things in it. That brings us to today. Let's continue our study of Genesis. Genesis 1 verses 3 through 4a says, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. That's all that had to be said. Let there be light. I can't even picture the scene that God was looking at when he spoke those three words. Imagine nothing but darkness. God speaks, and at that moment, there was light. The sun wasn't created yet, so the light didn't come from the sun. It came from the glory of God Himself. What a powerful God we have! The first part of verse 4 reads, And God saw that the light was good. God was approving His work. He was pleased with the light He created. The statement, God saw it was good, happens seven more times in the first chapter of Genesis. God makes something 
and then he approves of it. It's perfect. And then God separated the light from the darkness. God made the light, and then he separated it from the darkness. What exactly does this mean? How do you separate light from darkness? Well, the next verse tells us. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. He separated the light from the dark, and named them both. This is the first example of God ordering our world. By separating the light from darkness, and naming the light day and naming the dark night, God created the very first day. He ordered it. From then on, we'll see the phrase, and then there was evening, and then there was morning. This is the first step in creating time. This phrase keeps track of each day as it starts and ends. Let's move on to day two. Genesis chapter 1 verse 6 says, And God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters to separate the water from water. God was looking at water everywhere, and he wanted to separate the waters. This is the first step in creating a place for us to live. Genesis 1, 7 through 8 says, So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. God separated the waters, and now there are waters above, sky, and waters below. The expanse, or the sky, separates upper atmospheric waters and the lower surface waters. This was the second time God had separated something for us. In verse 4, he separated the light from the dark, and in verse 7, he separated the waters. It's so impressive that in these first two days of creation, all God had to do was speak these things into existence. It's a testimony to his almighty power. Spend some time praising him for this power and the combination of his power with true love that he has for us. The Psalms is a good place to go for this. In Psalm chapter 148, verse 1 through 6, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Did you hear that? The psalmist is calling for all creation to praise the Lord. The heavens, angels, sun, moon, stars, they're all being asked to praise him. Isn't that amazing? God creates everything. And then that creation is called to praise him. The author of Psalm 148 calls for all creation to praise the Lord because he commanded these things into being and they were created. Even though we've only looked at the first two days of creation, we can see him starting to form the earth we live in. God is dividing, creating boundaries, and giving characteristics to the earth. And he's doing it all for us. What is Child Care Worldwide? 
Well, it's a Christian ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with children in need. Child Care Worldwide goes beyond just basic needs and education by introducing children to the transformative love of Jesus. We work closely with local churches to disciple each child well, helping them grow in their faith and helping them find hope, not only for today, but for eternity too. Learn how you can help at childcareworldwide.org. If you're just joining me, I'm Bill Neenhouse, president of Childcare Worldwide, and you're listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. Today, we're continuing our study of Genesis. Let's keep moving ahead. Genesis 1 verse 9 says, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Here again we see separation. Instead of the area below the sky being all water, God separates the water and allows dry ground to appear. This is also the last time God names something. God named the day and night, the sky and the land and the seas, and of course God saw that it was good. But there's more creation on the third day. Genesis 1 verses 11 through 13 say, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. There was a lot being created on that third day. This is where all of the seed-bearing plants and trees were created. Notice the wording here. God commanded the land to produce seed-bearing plants and trees. This is God's first indirect command, because God didn't tell the land exactly what kind of seed-bearing plants and trees to make. And yet, look at the huge variety of seed-bearing plants and trees we have. It's absolutely unbelievable. The next thing I notice is that each seed-bearing plant and tree is categorized according to their kinds. That's why we don't have a tree that grows apples and oranges. And we don't have a plant that grows strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries. God had the forethought to categorize everything according to their own kind. Only God could have created this amount of classification within seed-bearing plants and seeds. Why did God even create seed-bearing plants and trees to begin with? He could have created trees and plants that produced food for us, and that would have been great but he specifically made them with seeds so that even more plants could grow. And God saw that it was good, and that was the third day. What an amazing day it was. God gathered the waters into one place and called them seas. He allowed the dry part to appear and called it land. Then he commanded the land to produce seed-bearing plants and trees, and he categorized them according to their own kinds. Some will read this account of creation and simply not believe it. They believe that this very organized, coordinated earth began by molecules exploding. How can an apple tree form from an explosion? What kind of cherry tree? How can it grow? 
Where did the seed come from? And why do we have so many different varieties of fruit trees and plants? Did an apple tree wake up one morning and decide to turn into a plum tree? How many non-believers actually considered this? Well, let's turn to the book of Job for a few answers. Job 38 verses 4 through 11 say, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, This far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Job had been challenging God, blaming him for being unfair, and he was even regretting having been born. God steps in and starts to question Job about the creation of the earth, and he shows him just how much he doesn't know about God. Job was asked where he was when God laid the foundation of the earth. Job listened as God told him he knew the measurements of the earth. God told Job that he laid the cornerstone. There was no way Job could defend himself against God's words because who was Job? Did he create anything? God was stating very clearly that he laid the foundation of the earth and actually set its cornerstone. He put the clouds in the sky and even controlled the seas. You see, God had complete control over everything because he created it. Let's get back to Genesis. We just ended day three, so let's pick up at the beginning of day four. Genesis 1 verses 14 through 19 say, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. God wanted to further differentiate night from day, so he made the sun to shine during the daytime, and he made the moon and the stars to shine at nighttime. This allowed us to keep track of time, days, weeks, months, and years. Can you imagine the scenery while God was creating the sun, moon, and stars? Suppose you were able to see the sun as it came up in the sky for the very first time. How would you react when you saw the sun setting and then watching the moon rise in the sky for the very first time? And if that wasn't enough, what would you do when all of a sudden you could see the stars appear in the sky above you? What an amazing thought. Let's move on to day number five. Genesis 1 verses 20 to 23 say, And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, 
and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in numbers, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. Day five is filled with the creation of sea creatures and birds being told to multiply. Think of all the creatures that filled the waters that day. Fish, sharks, dolphins, even crocodiles. This was the day that the eagle was made, along with the dove and the blue jay. Not only did God create all these wonderful creatures, he gave them a mandate. He actually blessed them and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Well, that's as far as we're going to go today in Genesis 1. We've covered quite a lot. We started on day one with God creating light and separating it from the darkness, and he named the light day and the darkness night. Day two created the expanse that separated waters, and the day ended with the water below the sky and the waters above the sky. On day three, the waters under the sky were gathered into one place and the dry ground appeared. The waters were named seas and the dry ground was named land. The land produced seed-bearing plants and trees. On day four, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on day five, God created the creatures of the sea and the creatures of the air. God was truly in existence before there was anything in existence. And he absolutely created the world and everything in it. Amen. Child Care Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring their education. We connect sponsors with children through Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. We're committed to exposing the kids to the gospel of Jesus. Our country directors and program staff are national professionals, allowing our programs to be more effective within their culture. Every one of our programs are run through a local church, and we accept no government funding of any kind, and that allows us total freedom to proclaim the gospel. A focal point of our program is to remove the barrier that stands in the way of kids getting good education. Our program doesn't stop at high school. For some children, we offer opportunities to attend trade school and maybe even university. Our hope is that each child becomes significantly employed. At Life Centers, children learn from a gospel-focused Bible curriculum. They also learn about character building, which develops strong ethical, moral, and leadership qualities. A component of this curriculum focuses on spiritual strength and resisting corruption, which enables our young men and women to fight against the leading cause of poverty in their culture. If you'd like to support children in need, go to childcareworldwide.org. There, you'll find information on how to become a sponsor of a child. There's also other opportunities to help us. By helping us build water systems, deliver food, provide medical treatment, clothing for kids, and even building shelter, we're driven to remove barriers that kids have in their lives which prevent them from openly hearing and receiving the call of Jesus Christ. 
Go to childcareworldwide.org to learn about how you can help a child in need. fortunate we are to live in this world that God created for us. We have our days ordered and we even have food because God created the creatures of the land and the creatures of the sea. We can work, buy food, prepare and feed our family. But what about those who can't do this? Childcare Worldwide serves children in areas where many parents are having trouble finding or holding a job. They can't feed their families. What happens to those children who go hungry for most of the day? Sometimes they only get one meal a day, or maybe they don't eat at all. It breaks my heart knowing that children are going hungry. I think of my own kids. How would I feel if I had to send my kids to bed hungry because I couldn't provide food for their dinner? It's a painful thought. At Childcare Worldwide, we believe that children won't be fully open to hearing the call to make Jesus the center point of their life if they are constantly burdened by hunger. Their lack of food is a barrier. You see, if we can help feed these kids, then they'll be better able to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what they need. They need the gospel which will nourish them for eternity. You can help us do that. When you sponsor a child through Child Care Worldwide, you're giving them an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Savior. Our sponsorship program is unique because we're passionate about delivering the gospel to these kids. For just $40 a month, your sponsored child will be able to attend a Life Center every Saturday, which is held at a local church close to where they live. Our Life Centers are dedicated to teaching lively and engaging Bible studies to our sponsored boys and girls. At our Life Centers, we're intentional about making sure that a child is introduced to the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only do we teach Bible studies at our Life Centers, kids memorize God's Word. They play games and they get fed a nutritious meal which provides them with the energy they need to thrive. That's only the first thing your sponsored child will receive. They'll also receive the gift of having their school fees paid, which means they'll be able to go to school every day. In many locations, fresh water is hard to come by and children often drink dirty, contaminated water. This makes them sick and prevents them from attending school and their life center. Sponsors and Child Care Worldwide donors provide funds to construct water catchment systems at Life Center locations, so filtered water can be made available. If you sponsor a child and they go to school and have a meal, and they also attend a Life Center every Saturday and learn about the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ, what are these children going to do when they come home? When they get back from their Life Center, they're going to tell mom and dad about Jesus and his life-saving gospel. I can tell you I've heard from teachers at our life centers who have said that because one child is sponsored, entire families have been saved. That fills my heart with gratitude. Join me and help deliver the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ to these needy kids. When you sponsor a child through Child Care Worldwide, you are transforming their lives. For more information, visit childcareworldwide.org. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for creating the entire world and everything in it. You didn't have to do any of it, but you did it because you love us. Lord, thank you for your word. 
Thank you for helping us to get to know you and be confident in the plans you have for us. I pray that those listening to this program today will be blessed by you. And if anyone hearing doesn't know you yet, I ask that you touch their heart and mind and draw them to you. I pray all these things in your Son's holy, precious name. Amen. That's all the time I have today. Thank you for joining me here on Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry in Bellingham, Washington. We'll talk again next week. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.